Hello, and welcome to a somewhat humbling episode of The Smug Buds. My name is Will, and I am joined, as always, by my friend and the Meryl Streep of amateur podcasting, Elizabeth Deanna Morris-Lakes. Hi, Liz. Hi, Will. Don't you think I'm like Tilda Swinton? (laughs) Sure, you can. Yeah, as much like Tilda Swinton as anyone I know, I think. (laughs) Well, and you're clearly um, Adam Driver, so... Thank you. Yes. Thank for you for our our smug our goslings. Uh I saw a picture a young picture of Will the other day and was like, since when does Will <laughs> look like Adam Driver? And Will's like, I've always looked like Adam Driver. It's nice of you to say the other day. I think that this was at least a month ago. <laughs> Probably longer. <laughs> you know, I I'm so old now that like, mm-hmm. you know, time just blends together. Yeah, yeah, it's all a blur. Well, that's fair enough. Uh, how are you otherwise? I'm okay. It's been like, I've been sick since. So, this is the episode we keep referencing that we've, mm-hmm. uh, are recording out of order. Yes. We've recorded every episode except this one, uh, for in the first season. So, it is, uh, mid, mid, no, not mid anymore. It's February. <laughs> it's just it February. It's early February. And, um, and, uh, I've been like sick since New Year's Eve, man. Yeah. It's like not been good. The the winter really crushes you under its heel. I am weak. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am strong in so many ways. Yes. And one of those ways is not, as we discussed in the giving birth episode, pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. I'm weak without the sun. I'm mm-hmm. weak in dry air. I'm yep. weak. Um, you know, I and the thing is, too, is like I go to bed at so I think we've also talked about how oftentimes in yes. this podcast, uh, this is about my bedtime when we're recording. Yep. <laughs> and um, yeah, I can, I don't know if I can get any more sleep because I go to bed at I am in bed at nine o'clock. Usually I am asleep by nine forty five, mm-hmm. almost always, sometimes yep. earlier. Um, and then I wake up at 545. I can't, I can't sleep in much more than 615 just to get mm-hmm. to work on time and stuff. So it's not like I can sleep more, which I feel like is most people's problem. Right. Um, so, you know, who knows? Either I'm well, fine or I have a terminal illness. These are the two options, mm-hmm. Will. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. What is fine anyway? Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you, uh, staying up past your bedtime to, uh, once again, uh, indulge me in a conversation that I want to have uh, because this is one of my episodes. Mm-hmm. And so would you do me the courtesy of telling the Goslings what I am going to talk about? Yeah, we're going to talk about the noms, the Oscar noms. <laughs> yes, I saw. The- I heard somebody call them – actually, I think I was talking about this podcast to my friend Katie, one of our most avid Goslings. Mm-hmm. Um and she said, oh, were you waiting until the noms came out? I was yep. like, is that something people say? <laughs> mm-hmm. The Oscar noms. The nom nom noms. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, as we may I, – I don't know if we discussed this off mic or not, but I have not seen a movie in theaters since 2017. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, we'll yeah. see how this goes. <laughs> There's a lot to catch you up on, and that's what I'm here to do. That's one thing that I'm here to do in addition to some other things. So you're right. We're going to talk about the Oscars. This is our Oscars preview episode. Welcome to Smug Buds, or should I say Snub Buds? <laughs> or should I say Smug Flubs? Or should I say welcome to the first annual Smugs and Smugs, Smug Buds, Snubs and Flubs app? 
Uh, we are recording this uh, the evening before the Super Bowl. Yeah. But we are here to talk about my Super Bowl. All year long, other people do and, fantasy football, and I watch movies. Honestly, my my this is as much my Super Bowl as yours will because mm-hmm. I really don't like football. So even though yeah. I have very little stake in the Oscars, mm-hmm. I have like three hundred percent more stake than I do in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't even. This is I make this joke every year. <clears throat> you don't even know who's playing. <laughs> no, I learned that it must be near to Super Bowl, the Super uh-huh. Bowl, when yes. I go grocery shopping. And yes. I'm suddenly accosted in the produce section uh-huh. with a variety of salsas and guacamoles. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's a good time for snacks. So, uh, what else did I want to say in the way of uh, introduction? Uh, I guess uh, I want to uh, before we get into this year's Oscars. Oh, right, I wanted to say. Now it can be told, this is why we are recording episode six after episodes seven, eight, nine, and 10, because we were waiting for a time when the Oscar nominations have already been announced. So we can talk about that. But we are releasing this episode one week before the actual Oscars themselves. So we can't talk about the winners. We can talk about who might win. So this is our Oscars preview episode. Also, as a note, Will has been so dedicated to this concept of not mentioning what this episode is Mm -hmm. that even as late as episode 10, he was like, he mentioned this episode that we hadn't recorded yet. Mm -hmm. And I sort of looked at him like, you can say what it is. (laughs) I'm very cagey. And he did not. I like to keep you on your toes. (laughs) Okay, so why do I want to talk about this? Um, the Oscars are uh, Hollywood's biggest night. Uh, I am a big fan of watching movies and having opinions about movies. And this is the one event of the year when that really matters. Mm-hmm. So uh, a little bit about uh, how did my fixation on this uh, event begin? Uh, I think it began... You could say that it began 10 years ago. The year was 2009. Uh It was spring semester of my freshman year of undergrad. Mm -hmm. And the University Film Club hosted an Oscars viewing party uh, in the uh, Little Campus Coffee Shop. Oh, Charlie's. Yes. Charlie's Coffee House. Does Charlie's? I think Charlie's doesn't exist anymore. Probably. We haven't been there in a while. Or it exists in a different place. Maybe. I don't know. I don't uh, keep tabs on the uh, local campus hotspots. I'm not. Yeah. Well, anyway. (laughs) Uh, So at the uh, Oscars viewing party, they uh, provided uh, ballots that anyone could uh, fill out uh, to predict the winners uh, of the evening. And there were uh, prizes uh, for the people who uh, did the best job uh, of guessing. And uh, as I say, this was 2009, and I think that I had a little bit of an advantage over uh, maybe some of the other people who were there, because uh, unlike them, maybe uh, I had already seen uh, the film Slumdog Millionaire, Mm. which came out in 2008. And uh, like uh, many people who saw that movie at that time, I was... uh, quite enamored with it and so uh i thought well this is a a sure bet 
And basically my technique or my strategy was wherever I saw Slumdog Millionaire on the ballot, I checked that off. And wherever that wasn't an option, I just made a semi-educated guess. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, I won first place that night. Wow. What'd you win? Yeah. Uh, there were uh, DVD uh, copies of some uh, films. And uh, basically, you could, you know, the first place winner got to pick theirs. And then the second place winner got to pick from what was left, uh, et cetera, down, on down the line. So out of a, a field of, I don't remember what all the films were, I picked a DVD copy of uh, The Departed. Why do you keep saying DVD copy? It uh, makes it sound like it's bootlegged. I think you can just say a DVD. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's a kind of copy of the film. But yeah, copy implies that it was copied uh, by an amateur of some sort. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I, a digital video disc of, of yeah. the film The Departed was my takeaway prize. A film that I had not seen and later watched at home and found out that that movie is Wicked Departed. <laughs> so um i also had uh you know one other little reason why i might have had an easier time picking a winner that year rather than other years to follow is that it just so happens that 2009 was the last year to date that mm. there were only five best picture nominees oh do you know about this no how that seems there's more yes so the very next year the Academy announced now there are going to be up to 10 Best Picture nominees each year. Up to 10? Up to 10. Uh, and uh, now the thinking behind this is up for debate, I think. It may be, you know, trying to find a way to, uh, you know, great get, you know, greater recognition for some films that might otherwise go unrecognized. Mm. Another, uh, which is, you know, to like maybe prop up, you know, smaller movies. Um, mm. Another And also allow for more diversity. Yes, more diversity, absolutely, which is a big, big problem. Uh, hashtag Oscars So White uh, started yes. in uh, 2015. Uh, yeah, the other possibility by expanding the number of Best Picture nominees is that you can make more room for really big uh, movies like blockbuster movies oh. that wouldn't normally be nominated for Best Picture, but the Academy might like them to be because that mm. might drum up more ratings for the Oscars if, you know, Joe Schmo at home actually knows <laughs> of something that is nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for exactly two years after that, there were exactly 10 best picture nominees. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it's no coincidence, but I think it's interesting to point out that those are also the same two years that a Pixar movie was nominated for best picture. Oh, uh-huh. First up, uh, followed by Toy Story 3. Mm -hmm. Every year since then, to date... There has been, there have been either nine or eight Best Picture nominees. Okay. And it's not announced beforehand how many there are going to be. It's a mystery. So when they get to like eight, let's say, people are sort of on the edge of their seat to see if they're going to keep talking or not. Right. Ex yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So uh, 
fast forward from 2009 to briefly, I'll mention in grad school, this for me was 2012 to 2014. Um, uh, The two years that I was in grad school, uh, we did uh, a couple of Oscars parties. Uh, One in particular uh, was, uh, I only mention this because I just have to give credit to all of my peers in grad school who thought that this was a good idea and who dressed up for the Oscars viewing party. And we had a fake red carpet and uh, we had little uh, cheap little statuettes for everyone to take home that say movie buff. (laughs) And I still, I still have mine. It's on a shelf behind me somewhere. And uh, shout out especially to uh, my friend, uh, Christina, uh, who was really a driving force for for making that happen? One of one of my fonder memories from uh, from the uh, master's program there. Um, also, quick rewind back to 2009. I just remembered I wanted to mention that that I believe was also the year that Hugh Jackman hosted the Oscars. Oh yeah. And the Oscars uh, that year were written in part by Dan Harmon. Who we are going to be talking about in a future episode of this podcast already recorded. Wow, Will's not being cagey about that. Yeah, (laughs) well, I'm not saying what it's about, but Dan Harmon is talked about in one way or another. Um, So uh, fast forward again to 2017. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm living in Tucson, Arizona, as I am now. And at this point, uh, my uh, close friend group has really uh, solidified uh, our strong bonds. And uh, I want to uh, watch the Oscars with them. So uh, we go over to uh, one of our friends' house because uh, she has the largest television and uh, and a basic cable package. Oh, wow. Yeah. Luxury. I know. A millennial with actual television. Who knew? It's unthinkable. It's uh, like a cryptid, but uh, but real. <laughs> so uh, I brought uh, print ballots so that everyone could uh, fill out their uh, guesses for who was going to win, and we would have uh, a little friendly <laughs> competition. So uh, going into the final category of the night, best picture. Mm-hmm. There was among us, among a group of only six of us, if I remember correctly, and it usually is six of us, uh, we're a pretty tight group. Uh, there was a three-way tie for who was in first. Oh, wow. Going into the final category. Not only that, but the three of us had all picked three different films <gasps> in the best picture category. So... The only possibility of a tie is if all three of us were wrong. And yeah, then which is possible be a, because there's like mm-hmm. three million movies. Exactly. There are like six other movies that it could be, but mm-hmm. it wasn't that likely. So uh, <clears throat> one of us picked uh, Hidden Figures. Right. No explaining that. Uh, one of us picked La La Land. Mm-hmm. And one of us picked Moonlight. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Were you Wait. watching or did you just hear about it later? Oh, I heard about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but wait. who? What did you pick, Will? I'll tell you. Okay. 
So I Jesse, also like know all these people too, so I want to know who picked <laughs> what, who was in the tie. Okay, I'll tell you. It was me and Sarah and Park. Of course. And Park picked Hidden Figures because he had seen it, I believe. And uh, and and I'll I'll leave it at that for now. Uh-huh. So uh, many of you listening probably know or uh, remember that uh, there was a debacle uh, at this year's Oscars. Um, there were two presenters, and they were given the wrong envelope. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned later that the envelope that they had contained the winner of the lead actress category. And so it said, Emma Stone, La La Land. One of the presenters opened the envelope, looked at that, and just stood there confused, not knowing what to do. Right. And uh, couldn't think to say, well, this is clearly wrong. (laughs) So would someone please bring me the right envelope? Uh And so he passed the buck to the other presenter who saw... The words La La Land, and so she just said La La Land, uh-huh. even though it also said Emma Stone on it. Yeah. And also for the record, I mean, it's obvious to us now talking about this, but like, mm-hmm. it's not like people um, commonly hold or view these cards. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's not like people see them and have like a an idea for the convention of them or the genre of them or... Okay. I think it's a little weird, but okay. I think it's weird that they switched up the cards. That's the yes. problem. But That's, oh yeah, definitely, it's on them for giving them the wrong envelope for sure. Like at at a at a giant expensive ceremony mm-hmm. where yes. they literally pay people to fill in the seats when other people are doing things like give That's out true. awards. Can't put an empty seat on television. You know, clearly you can make a mistake like handing out the wrong envelope, but like. If I'm the Not presenter, anymore. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that they haven't screwed this up. Yeah, well, <coughs> that is an assumption that I am learning not to make every day of my life. <laughs> just assume. I, 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 I need to remind myself sometimes, just assume incompetence uh-huh, in uh-huh. myself and in everyone around me. Uh-huh. <laughs> no offense to the people around me. Uh, I don't mean you, whoever you are listening to this. Oh, I thought you were going to say me. I don't I mean you. I thought you were going to say, I don't mean you, Liz. I called you Meryl Streep. You're highly competent. <laughs> okay. And I also okay. agreed that you're Tilda Swinton. Extremely competent. Yes. Okay. So we all know what happened. Um, the La La Land people went up to accept their award. And once they had given their thank yous, they revealed, oh, we just learned actually the winner is Moonlight. And then the yeah. Moonlight people went up. And yeah. we got all kinds of great reaction shots of the crowd that were turned into gifts of people gasping. Yeah. So... Uh, I, when they announced La La Land, uh, I was, uh, you know, humble and gracious enough <laughs> to, uh, concede to the victor because Sarah had picked La La Land. Oh, wow. And then wouldn't you know it, <laughs> I snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. Wow. So you sort of had a personal, a personal it's like almost like you were a part of the cast of Moonlight, Will. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I wouldn't have thought of that myself, but hey, thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> this was actually a turning point for me 
because uh, when that happened, uh, I, and I, I, I took my statuette, which it was from the aforementioned one from grad school, which I now every year put up as a prize that someone can take home if they beat me, which mm-hmm. so far hasn't been done. Mm-hmm. But again, this was only two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you've won one other time. Yes, two, two times in a row. <clears throat> uh, I decided this was so much fun that I kind of want to do this year round Uh, because when the Oscars come around and I watch the Oscars for years, basically my experience was, Oh, I've seen like one, maybe two of these films and otherwise I'm clueless about them. Mm -hmm. And I just, I kind of got sick of that. And I was like, I really like seeing movies Mm -hmm. Uh, this year. I said, I'm going to get out to the movies more Mm -hmm. And I am going, and 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 it's one thing to say that, but as much as I like seeing movies, sometimes seeing movies means going out to the movies, right? And there is no activity that I enjoy more than staying at home <laughs> and sitting on my couch and yeah. looking at the TV screen. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's hard to drum up the uh, muster, the gusto. Uh, to to get out and see even a film that I really want to see. So to incentivize myself to see more movies in the theater, I thought I would gamify it. Nice. And I said, this starting this year, I'm not just going to wait for the Oscars to come around and fill out a ballot predicting the winners. I'm going to predict who the nominees will be before the nominees are announced. Uh Uh-huh. And I did this in the year 2017. And uh, I saw a lot of movies that year. And it turns out, uh, by coincidence, I think I picked a really good year to start this practice. Uh-huh. In 2017, we got Get Out. We got Lady Bird. We got The Shape of Water. We got Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. We got Phantom mm-hmm. Thread. We got Call Me By Your Name. We got Dunkirk. Uh, it was a great year to go to the cinema over and over again. So, um, how would I go about this? Obviously, I'm not going to predict all the nominees in all the categories. Uh, I don't have the knowledge base to do that. So, I narrowed it down to eight categories, what I consider the big ticket categories. Mm -hmm. They are, not surprisingly, best picture, best director, lead actor, lead actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, best original screenplay, and best adapted screenplay. Great. Those are the eight categories in which I made predictions about who the nominees would be in 2017. There are five nominees in each of those categories, except for, of course, as we talked about, Best Picture. Mm-hmm. How many nominees there are going to be in Best Picture is a mystery. So you have to make so what I think of as a meta prediction mm-hmm. about how many nominees there are going to be. Um, so I predicted, uh, I, 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 I listed nine movies that I predicted were going to be Best Picture nominees um, so for a total of, if you look at all of the nominees in those eight categories, I made 44 individual predictions. Right. Yeah. Uh, and one meta prediction. It turned out that my meta prediction was right because there were nine nominees for best picture. And out of my 44 nominee predictions, 30 were correct. Wow. That's for, great. Will for it, for a, a total of 68%, mm-hmm. which, which I'm told 
by some academic standards in some schools is, is a passing grade. <laughs> Not some of the schools that I attended, but okay. Well, I think that, um, wow, well, that was so pretentious. I think that, um, <laughs> it's called the smug buds. <laughs> I think 70% that, uh, is the threshold for failure. That's what I was, I was taught. I was going to say that the meta prediction, I think, is probably like more of an extra credit than a give yes. or take credit situation. So I think that pushes you into passing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so looking at uh, just a broad strokes overview of just some other stats from when I did this last year. Um, I think it's interesting to point out that uh, in, in eight categories where I made predictions, I had no clean sweeps, and I also oh. had no I also had no complete shutouts. Mm-hmm. There okay. was there was no category where I got them all right. And there was also, uh, I, I also got at least one correct in every category. Nice. Um, the category where I got really creamed, where I got only one out of five right, was a supporting actor. Oh, okay. Uh, the one that I was correct about was Willem Dafoe in The Florida Project. I forgot to say Florida Project when I was listing great movies from 2017 earlier. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh, what a great year at the movies. Florida Project, also great. Um, and, uh, I was wrong about the other four. Um, I got four out of five, right. In director, original screenplay, lead actor and lead actress. And I, uh, in best picture, uh, seven out of my nine predictions were correct. What were you wrong on? Cause we, I mean, we can look up what they were, but what, what did you guess that you were wrong on? Uh, I guessed that Mudbound and Blade Runner 2049 uh, would be nominated for Best Picture. What the fuck is Blood Run? No, Blade mud, Runner. No, no, no. Mudbound. Oh, Mudbound. Sorry. <laughs> you said blood, so I thought you meant blade. I, I know. I know. I, I, I couldn't even remember what the words you had said were. <laughs> mudbound? What is Mudbound? Mudbound uh, was a film directed by D. Reese. I also predicted that D. Reese would be nominated for Best Director. That uh, I was wrong about that. Uh, and... Uh, I watched it on Netflix. It's one of those movies that is branded with the Netflix branding. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that before that, it played at festivals. And then Netflix oh, okay. picked it up as as the distributor. Um, and it's basically a movie about racism. Oh, great. And, uh, and by oh, great, I mean, God, those movies are depressing because racism is real. And something that people we love and people we don't know struggle with every day of their lives. Exactly. And it is a very depressing movie, but a very powerful <clears throat> movie and uh, a movie worth watching, I think. And uh, basically, uh, excuse me a second. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, uh, basically, the only person who got any love was uh, Mary J. Blige, was uh, nominated oh. for Supporting Actress. Oh, I remember that movie now because yep. I was like, wasn't that like Mary J. Blige's like... Um, like, basically the first time she had done any sort of major acting. As far as I know. And she did, like, a great job because she got she got nominated. She got nominated for an Oscar, which sometimes means you did a great job. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I, uh, I fast forward slightly to uh, the night of this Oscars that we're talking about uh, two Oscars ago. Um, I... Uh, I did win in my small friend group. Uh, I, I, I correctly predicted 15 of the winners. 
Um, I did not correctly, correctly predict best picture. Best picture that year went mm-hmm. to The Shape of Water. Oh, yeah. Which I did not see coming. And here's why. Prior to this, I asked myself one question about the Best Picture nominees. And that question is, which one of these films is most sociopolitically relevant right uh, now? Yes. Uh-huh. And then sub-question, will it make white liberals comfortable Mm-hmm. And sort of self-righteous. And I think uh, I think Moonlight sort of proved me right uh, in that respect. Uh, the year before that, uh, Spotlight also proved me right in that respect. Spotlight, Moonlight, Moonlight, Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Moonspots. But then The Shape of Water won, which... That movie, I didn't see that movie, but wasn't that movie just like weird as shit? It's a Guillermo del Toro I was going to say, it's movie. Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. He also won Best Director. And uh, it is a, a movie about uh, a woman who uh, falls in love with, as Guillermo del Toro called it himself on stage at the Oscars, an amphibian god. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, another, uh, a, a casual viewer of the film might call it a, a fish man uh-huh. or a fish monster. Weird film. Not a merman. Um, you certainly you could, uh, well, merman kind of, certainly you could make some connections. I mean, the, the, uh, lead character is, is a, a disabled person. Um, you, and, and, you know, their, their love is forbidden. So, you know, that could be a metaphor for, you know, various kinds of real world forbidden love. Um, however, uh, this victory for The Shape of Water introduced a new question into my decision-making, uh-huh. which I think is a more relevant question now in retrospect. Uh-huh. When I look at the Best Picture nominees, I, I ask myself, which one of these films is a love letter to cinema? Uh-huh. Because I think, among other things, Shape of Water is a love letter to cinema. The... the um, the main character uh, lives above a movie theater, mm-hmm. and the the fish monster himself is you know very evocative of uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, um, and there is also a scene in the film where uh, basically the main character has a fantasy sequence, and it's in black and white, and it's like a uh, song and dance number, and it's very oh. classic looking. So uh, the love letter to cinema thing might also explain the the best picture victories of films like The Artist, which I have not seen, and Argo, which I have seen, but I think is so forgettable that I basically haven't seen it. If it's about movie making or it's really evocative of the history of cinema, I think it has a really great shot. Mm -hmm. So just some things to consider when we're talking about best pictures. Speaking of best picture, side note... Do you know how best how best picture is determined is different from the winners in every other category? Um, I know nothing about how any of this is determined. So basically, there's Wait, an, they always thank the Academy. So there's yes. a group of people, right? So there's a shadowy, mysterious group of people. But it's not the, like the Screen Actors Guild. No, I mean I, I'm sure there's some crossover. Well, clearly, but... Mm-hmm. So there's an academy, 
And basically, in all of these uh, categories, except one, they tally the votes. So uh, the, the Academy voters in each of the, these categories, they pick the one that they think deserves to win out of five, out of mm-hmm. the five nominees. Except for Best Picture, which has eight or nine or ten nominees. And instead of picking the one that they think should win, the voters are asked to rank all of them. Oh, wow. From best to worst. Uh-huh. And then there's a kind of aggregation uh-huh. of those rankings. Uh-huh. So the winner, in theory, should be the one that is sort of best liked overall. Mm-hmm. But another way of framing it, that uh, another way that I've seen it framed online, <coughs> is that inevitably the, the best picture winner is the least disliked film. Yeah. Of the year. Because if a movie is really divisive, you know, it might get a lot of ones, but it also might get a lot of eights. Mm-hmm. And then the winner winds up being the one with the most twos and threes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, okay, so uh, 68% was the uh, standard that I set by doing this the first time, and I enjoyed doing it. So I said, I'm going to do it again in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2018, the Academy tried to throw me a real curveball when they announced that they were introducing a new category. Have you heard about this? No. Don't get too excited. Oh. (laughs) Because this story ends in them taking it back. (laughs) Wow. Yes. They announced earlier in, uh, I say earlier, it's already 2019. They announced sometime in 2018 that there would be a new category, and the new category category would be called Outstanding Popular Film. How did they define popular film? They did not. Oh. Part of their announcement was, basically, details forthcoming. (laughs) They were like, yes, in a future announcement, we're going to explain how we define popular film and what the criteria are to qualify for this category. So so hypothetically, this is like... I mean, so hypothetically, this is something like, oh, hey, y'all bitches really like Fast and Furious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 13 or whatever. Right. So it, it basically it begs the question like, well, are they just going to be like the five top grossing films of the year? Yeah. And then, you know, crown a winner out of like what people liked the most or, you know, voted for with their dollars. You know, mm-hmm. so um it's also it's kind of a tacit acknowledgement that there's this meaningful distinction between movie and film, right? Like yeah. there's movies for the masses, your blockbusters, and then there's real cinema over here, mm-hmm. and those are the things that are likely to be nominated for best picture and best director in all these categories. So, let's create a sort of kids table. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and everyone from the Marvel Cinematic Universe can mm-hmm. sit there. Right, exactly. Uh, And they put out like five movies a year, so it'll probably be those five films. Also, the Oscars are aired on ABC, which is owned by Disney, which owns Marvel. Mm. So it's in their best interest that there be some recognition for Marvel at the Oscars. Also, it doesn't feel like it was in 2018, but Black Panther came out in 2018. Black Panther came... Yes, Black Panther came out so early in 2018 that the cast of Black Panther was at the last Oscars. 
Oh my God. Did it come out in like January? Yeah. January, February. I can't remember. Um, So uh, they announced outstanding popular film details, TBD, and the internet was like, boo, boo. (laughs) Cheap ploy for ratings, obviously. Uh, So they got booed down and they later made an announcement not that they were totally taking it back, but the latest that I saw about this was they said, well, th- that category won't be around this year. <laughs> but they left the door open to, in the future, uh-huh. there will be an outstanding popular film category. So okay. I saw the initial announcement and I was like, whoa, game changer. All right. Mm-hmm. New category to add to the list that I'm making predictions in. Mm-hmm. That would make nine categories that I'm making predictions for. And I prefer even numbers, especially round numbers like 10. So I thought, okay, I need a 10th category to round out what I'm predicting. And so I thought, okay, I will also add into the mix a best animated feature film. Oh, okay, yeah. That seems like the thing that I'm most likely to ha- you know, be able to venture a guess in as opposed to, I mean, you got all your technical categories and then you have, you know, foreign language film and documentary feature. And I don't see enough of those to make accurate yeah. predictions. And you, then you have your three short film categories. And I, I don't see those until after the nominations come out. And I'm very lucky to live very close to an outstanding art house cinema. Shout mm-hmm. out to the Loft Cinema, who uh, they screen a lot of nominated things, uh, in, including the shorts. And uh, so far, every year since I've lived here, I've gone to see the animated shorts nice. and not the other ones. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, the other categories, of course, being live action and documentary. <coughs> okay, so uh, can we get into... Oh, uh, okay. One more thing before we get into this year. Um, just some obligatory questions that need to be asked, I think, when you are trying to do what I'm doing, predicting the nominees. First of all, did Steven Spielberg direct a film this year? Mm -hmm. In 2018, the answer is yes, but that film was Ready Player One. Oh. So maybe an outstanding popular film, but they did away with that. Mm -hmm. So uh, the uh, next question, was Meryl Streep in a film? Uh In 2018, the answer was yes, but... Uh That film was Mamma Mia, Here I Go Again. Oh, God, or, right. Or was it Here I, We Go Again? Here We Go Again. I just want to say it it kills me how that sequel name was built into the lyrics of that song. <laughs> really? You don't like that? Mamma Mia is my aunt's... Hello, Aunt Sally. I'm sure you're listening to this. Huh. It is my aunt's favorite musical. My aunt does not know hardly anything about music, even mm. popular music, um, or at least did not when I w- was spending a lot more time with her in high school on my summer vacations. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, dear God, she loves Mamma Mia. When Mamma Mia came out with uh, a sing-along captioning system, mm-hmm. she purchased that uh, and sent me a picture of her television screen on Christmas morning and said, it's all ready <laughs> for when you're here. And I thought, oh, God. You thought, Mamma Mia, here we go here again. Here we go again. And so when I saw the trailers for that movie, I was like, mm-hmm. ugh. Here we and go again Meryl indeed. Streep isn't Meryl Streep playing like the mother of someone who is the same age as her, like literally within six months of one another? I I thought that she was playing Amanda Seyfried's mother, but I've never okay. seen it. Then her mother is played by Cher. 
Okay. And Cher is, if not younger than Meryl Streep, yeah. then they are like literally, I will say at max, two years apart from one another. Well, that's the magic of cinema, Liz. The magic of cinema. That's why we have a makeup and hairstyling category. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I didn't see that movie. And by the way, was your was your aunt like already a fan of ABBA? Or, or did Oh my your... God, ABBA. ABBA. All right, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. ABBA or did, or <clears throat> is she truly just a fan of the musical? I believe she is maybe also a fan of ABBA. I believe that if she isn't, then her love of Mamma Mia has probably superseded her love of ABBA. Um, she, again, she doesn't know. My aunt is so smart and knows so many things and um, has so many has so much information in her brain that I just don't. And one of those categories she never was interested in focusing on was music. Um, mm. Where, which is to say that, you know, she found one thing she liked and she said, this is fine. And by mm. one thing, I literally mean the musical Mamma Mia. <laughs> uh, more, more power to her. No yeah. judgment. Um, last obligatory question was Denzel Washington in a movie I made this mistake in 2017 when I said that I got four out of five right in the lead actor category Uh, the mistake that I made was leaving out uh, Denzel Washington Uh, he was in a film that year called Roman J. Israel Esquire oh which might be the reason why nobody saw it and uh, but, you know, he's nominated because he's Denzel. So in 2018, yeah. was Denzel Washington in a film? Yes, but that film was The Equalizer 2. Well, so, I don't even know The Equalizer 1, Will. Are you starting to get a sense that 2018 was a weird year at the movies? Yes, I think it was a weird year at the movies. I think it was a whack year at the movies. I might go as far as to say that it was wiggity whack. No. Rather than just regular kind. Fire. And the same is true for the Oscars, and I think it's especially true this year. But also, by the way, it's true every year. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, every every other week I come on this podcast and I talk about something, and it's like, okay, I got to say, like, here's another one of my problematic faves, right? Yeah. The Oscars are problematic as hell. Uh, and uh, I'm going to talk about them anyway, but but I don't necessarily want to celebrate them. Is is yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So once they you know pulled the rug out from under me with the uh, uh, tantalizing popular film category, I was like, okay, forget the animated category. I'm just going back to the old way. I'm making predictions in eight categories. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Same eight categories I mentioned before. So. Uh, now that we know who the nominees are, I'm going to go through these eight categories with you. Okay. And in each of these eight categories, I am going to do four things. Okay. First, I'm going to reveal what my predictions were. Uh-huh. Then I'm going to compare them to the actual nominees. Uh-huh. Then I'm going to predict who the winner will be. Okay. And then I am going to give out the soon-to-be-coveted William Award <laughs> for my favorite thing. In this category. Okay. Just a few disclaimers before we get into the process that I just explained. Mm -hmm. First of all, uh, I might not stop and say whether I've seen all of these movies or not. Um, To date, I have seen, I believe, 45 films that came out in 2018. Wow. Damn, dude. Um, 
But uh, when I talk about my predictions, don't assume that I've seen all of the movies that I'm talking about. I've seen. You may only... have just read about them or mm-hmm. have an idea of. That's fine. Exactly. Acceptable. My my predictions are not an indication of my personal preferences. It's just I'm guessing what the Academy will do, mm-hmm. and what their preferences are, and, and 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 that's what the William Awards are for is for knowing my personal preferences. Also, another disclaimer: I want to give out a blanket apology. I am about for the, for the next I don't know thirty minutes or however long this is going to take. I'm going to say a lot of names, <laughs> and I'm not going to pronounce them all correctly. Mm-hmm. So rather than stop and apologize every time, I'm saying blanket apology for any and all mispronunci- mispronunciations. <clears throat> Very funny to mispronounce that word. Yep, it's an easy one to do though. It is actually. I think that I think whoever designed that word did that on purpose. Apologies for all the mispronunciations that you are going to hear. And uh, one final disclaimer, this is for the William Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen every movie. Okay, I should, I should explain. I decided, I, I recently discovered that the Academy publishes a list, a reminder list of all of the films, elig- all the productions eligible for Oscars. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. <clears throat> so... I compared my personal preferences with that list and I realized that in at least one case, oh, this thing that I really liked wasn't eligible. So I just decided that in order to be eligible for a William Award, you have to be eligible for an Oscar. Okay, fair. So uh, I saw a lot of films and I liked a lot of films, but I didn't see them all. So disclaimer... Here is just a partial list mm-hmm. of some of the films that are eligible for Oscars and therefore Williams that I did not see, any one of which could have an influence on the William Awards had I seen them. Okay. I'm going to take a sip while, before I do this. Great. I'm going to tell you really quick the movies that I saw this year that are on this list. Okay. Black Panther. End of list. I started watching The Ballad of Buster Scruggs when I took a sick day this week Mm -hmm. and got bored. Ouch. Because I was sick and it seemed very shooty and loud. Wow. Okay. Well, we can talk about that later because I just watched that film today. Yes. So I have a lot of thoughts about it. Okay. Partial list of the films that I haven't seen. Okay. Cold War, At Eternity's Gate, Can You Ever Forgive Me, The Wife, Aquaman, The Writer, Thoroughbreds, Wildlife, Private Life, Crazy Rich Asians, Mary Queen of Scots, Mary Poppins Returns, Madeline's Madeline, Mid-90s, The Meg, Hold the Dark, Leave No Trace, Support the Girls, Don't Worry He Won't Get Far on Foot, Uncle Drew, Overlord, Revenge, Destroyer, Widows, Gotti, Halloween, A Quiet Place, (laughs) Unsane, Apostle, Bird Box, Mission Impossible Fallout, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Creed 2, Paddington 2, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, The Hate You Give, Love, Simon, Tully, A Wrinkle in Time, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, Game Night, Puzzle, Damsel, The Sisters Brothers, Upgrade, Venom, and of course, Welcome to Marwen. Right. Okay, those are just some of the films that you won't hear me talk about. Because I haven't seen them. 
All right. Are you ready to get in, get into these categories? I'm ready. Okay. We're going to start with, oh, I, I'm sorry. And, and just, I'm going to forecast. I'm not going to give away how I did, mm-hmm. but I'm going to forecast it. Okay. Got it. So I said last time I did this, 68 of my, 68% of my predictions were correct. Uh-huh. This, this year <coughs> I did worse. Oh no. But for now, at least. I'm not going to tell you how much worse. How bad? That is how I am going to keep you in suspense as we go through this process. Starting with best adapted screenplay. Got it. I predicted that the five nominees Uh would be If Beale Street Could Talk, First Man, A Star is Born, Black Klansman, and Boy Erased. Okay, yeah. Now, quick caveat here. You're going to hear me say boy erased several times throughout uh-huh. this process. Yes. Probably my biggest regret in all oh, of this. I'm, I'm surprised by that. I heard um, on one of my other favorite podcasts, Query, but with Cameron Esposito, mm-hmm. I heard the um, author of the book Boy Erased uh, interviewed. Gerard something. Yes. Um, Sorry, Gerard. Yeah, yikes. That sucks. I saw Boy Erased. I did not like Boy Erased. I noticed that. But I thought, here's a film. It's based on a memoir. It's about <coughs> a young man uh, being sent to a conversion therapy type situation because mm-hmm. uh, he's gay mm-hmm. and his dad's a pastor. And uh, I thought, this is ripe uh, for the Oscars because of that sociopolitical relevance that I mentioned before. Yeah. Well, uh, in that category, uh, three out of the five of my predictions were correct. Uh I was correct about If Beale Street Could Talk, A Star Is Born, and Black Klansman. Mm -hmm. But the other two nominated were Can You Ever Forgive Me and The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Is Can You Ever Forgive Me the movie about the woman who... um, who forged played, letters forged i was gonna say plagiarized but that's different crime mm-hmm. yeah forged the letters of famous people when her um bio her bios weren't selling anymore yes melissa mccarthy plays uh lee right. israel that woman mm-hmm. uh okay uh, now it's the time when i predict the winner so out of those five actual nominees uh, i predict that the winner will be if beale street could talk okay it is based on a novel by James Baldwin, which is why oh, it is yes. an adapted screenplay. Yes. The William Award for Best Adapted Screenplay goes to a film called Border. Hmm. Or in its native tongue, Grands. G-R-A with an umlaut. Don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, N-S. Uh, this is a uh, Swedish film. Uh, and it's uh, based on a short story of the same name by John Ajvide Lindquist. Mm-hmm. And the screenplay was written, uh, co-written by uh, the same person I just mentioned, as well as Isabella Ekloff and the director of the film, Ali Abbasi. This is a film that needs to be seen to be believed. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Uh, I, I can't recommend it to uh, everyone in my life, uh, but certain people, uh, certainly I would. 
Can you recommend it to me? Yes, please watch it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would love to uh, talk about it. Uh, it, it is one of those films, the less you know about it, the better uh, going Perfect. into it. I mean, that's true of most films, right? Maybe all of them, but... No, spe- I think sometimes... Really? I, I sometimes benefit from having context mm-hmm. um, just because um, it helps me understand the meaning of something or not be annoyed by something that might otherwise annoy me. Okay. I know I, I was... Um, I I forget where I saw it. It's probably somewhere on Instagram. The internet personality and author and podcast host, Gabby Dunn, okay. is dating someone named Ellen right now. Mm-hmm. And Ellen had seen uh, the movie about the Battle of the Sexes tennis match. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, identifies as a lesbian. Ellen does. Gabby, Gabby Dunn is bisexual. Um, mm-hmm. Ellen identifies as a lesbian, really likes golf. Mm-hmm. Um, works for a menswear company called Sharp mm-hmm. Suiting. Uh, did not realize until the end of the movie, or or know beforehand that this uh, this film was based on a real story. Wow! And Gabby was actually kind of mad at her in the 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 telling of this, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I mean when I say I mean not mm-hmm. just like oh it's real or like it yeah. was real or whatever, but mm-hmm. sometimes I think a certain amount of context can lend itself to. Um, knowing where I am to stand. Yes. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, Border, I would say, is, is not one of those films. Fine, fair. Okay, moving <laughs> on uh, to original screenplay. <clears throat> uh, uh, I predicted that the five nominees for original screenplay would be Roma, Vice, Green Book, The Favorite, and Eighth Grade. Uh-huh. Just to put that a little bit in context, uh, last year, one of the most pleasant surprises of the nominees was that uh, one of the nominees in original screenplay was The Big Sick, mm-hmm. uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Emily V. Gordon's movie. Right. Uh, that was a very uh, pleasant surprise. And uh, I saw an opening uh, in the original screenplay category for another pleasant surprise, so I thought, I'll throw eighth grade in there. Maybe it'll be this year's big sick. Well, I was yeah. wrong. Aww. But I was right about the other four. Ooh. This is the category in which I did the best this year. Great. Which gives away that, once again, no clean, uh, no clean sweeps. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, Roma, Vice, Green Book, and The Favorite are all nominated. The fifth nominee is First Reformed. What's that movie? Um, it is a film which you can watch on Amazon Prime. Uh, it stars Ethan Hawke as a preacher in a small church with a lot of history. And uh, he um, has to confront climate change. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it is a film for our times that I recommend watching. So it's an watching. action movie. There's a big climate change <laughs> versus Ethan Hawke battle at the end. Uh, well, watch it and see. <laughs> Might be surprised how close you are. Um, now I predict the winner, and I predict that the winner will be Vice. Okay. Uh, not that I would uh, give the award to Vice. I think that uh, Vice's screenplay is too clever by half. Uh, but, uh, well, what I think... What do you mean by that? What does that mean? I, it is 50% too clever. <laughs> what does that mean? It... it, it, it... <laughs> Do you, do you, do you, do you, you mean, mean what do I like, mean by too clever? Yeah, what? 
Do you, wait, it, let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah, go ahead. Do did you, you see mean, the big short? No, but uh, the one dude who did the big short, Adam, McKay. there's two Adams, Adam McKay. Yep. Was once the co-host with another Adam of what was one yep. of my absolute favorite podcasts called Surprisingly mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. And they both stopped and it's now a podcast called Every Little Thing, which I think is maybe finally finding its footing, but still okay. is not yep. the joy that Surprisingly Awesome was. Um, what do you think I mean? I think you mean that it is so clever in terms of its witticisms, its mm-hmm. turn of a phrase, mm. that it ends up losing the sort of other things you would want, like character building or foundation of story or emotional depth. You're half right. It's not so much the dialogue itself being oh, okay. like too witty. It's like gimmicky. Like oh. like in the big short, there's like a like Ryan Gosling is a character, but also the narrator. And he goes like, if you don't understand what this concept means, here's uh, Anthony Bourdain cutting onions to explain it to you. Uh, and, and it cuts to him doing that. Yeah. Um, uh, Vice is, is written basically the same way. There's a narrator and they they there's uh, so, OK, spoiler alert, I guess, for Vice. There's a part where they pretend that the movie is over, like they pretend Uh that his story ends before George W. Bush picks him to be his running mate. Uh And then they like roll fake credits. And anyway, um, too too many gimmicks. Uh, But I think that uh, the Academy will think that the screenplay is what's really special about that movie. So that's why I'm predicting it for the winner. Okay. The William Award for Best Original Screenplay uh, goes to Sorry to Bother You, uh, a film written by Boots Riley, which you can watch on Hulu. Hmm. And uh, everyone in my Twitter feed is gaga for uh, Sorry to Bother You. uh, And I can see why. It's a a very – it's another movie for our times. Uh, It's very uh, uh, anti-capitalist and uh, sort of a satire. And uh, it's a movie with a lot of style and uh, Lakeith Stanfield and Tessa Thompson. And uh, I think the screenplay is the real standout part of that film. Nice. Next category I'm going to do is Best Supporting Actress. Okay. I I predicted the nominees would be Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk, Amy Adams for Vice, Claire Foy for First Man, Emma Stone for The Favorite, and Nicole Kidman for Boy Erased. Well, based on what you heard me say earlier, you can guess I was wrong about Nicole Kidman. Yeah. I was also wrong about Claire Foy. I was right about the three others, Emma Stone, Amy Adams, and Regina King. Yes. The two others who were nominated were Rachel Weisz, also Mm -hmm. for The Favorite, Mm -hmm. competing with her co-star, Emma Stone. Does that happen very often? It happened last year in the supporting actor category, the one where I got trounced. Right. Because I was very foolish in not predicting that Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell would both be nominated. They were co-stars in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Got it. Okay. So it happens. Uh, the fifth nominee this year in Supporting Actress is Maria de Tavira for Roma. Okay. My prediction is that Regina King will win for If Beale Street Could Talk. And the William Award for Best Supporting Actress goes to Sasha Lane in The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Oh. 
which is a film about a teenager who has to go to conversion therapy. Oh. Because she is gay. And it is based on a novel of the same name, not a memoir. Mm -hmm. It is one of my favorite films of the year. And I think that the supporting actors really shine. Uh, They almost outshine the lead actor, uh, who is Chloe Grace Moretz. And uh, one of her friends at the uh, conversion place is uh, played by Sasha Lane, who uh, is a rising star. She was also in a little film this year uh, in, a, in a similarly supporting role uh, and similarly queer role uh, in a film called Hearts Beat Loud, uh, right. which is incredibly okay. charming. With um, Nick Offerman Nick from Offerman. Parks and Recreation. And uh, also Sasha Lane is going to be in the new Hellboy movie, so... Um, getting, she's going to be more and more recognizable, uh, I think. And, uh, Miseducation of Cameron Post is a much, much better film, uh, than, uh, Boy Erased about, uh, similar issues. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Best Supporting Actor, I predicted that the five nominees would be Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Sam Rockwell for Vice, Sam Elliott for A Star is Born, Timothy Chalamet for beautiful boy and Russell Crowe for boy erased. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was wrong about Russell Crowe. And also, uh, that titular beautiful boy, uh, was, uh, snubbed. No, uh, Timothy this year. Um, instead he went with his mom last year, right. And was like real cute about it. Yes. Because he was in call me by your name. Yes. Uh, and he was also in, um, lady bird. He played one of lady bird's boyfriends. Oh, um, so he is a big rising star, but he didn't get nominated this time. Uh, instead, the nominees were Mahershala Ali, Sam Rockwell, Sam Elliott, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, and mm. Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Got it. I predict that the winner will be Mahershala Ali for Green Book. Mahershala Ali is the person who played Remy on House of Cards? Question mark. I don't know. I have not watched that. Yeah, and now you never will because you shouldn't, but um, I, I love Remy. Um, I, I would believe that that's Mahershala Ali if, if you loved him. Um, he has already won uh, this Oscar. Yes, I'm correct. Mahershala Ali won for Best Supporting Actor for Moonlight uh, two years ago. Right. And so I am betting that it is going to be a repeat performance that he's going to win again. Uh, my... Uh, the the William Award for Best Supporting Actor goes to Lutz Ebersdorf. <laughs> and for anyone who's in the know, uh, you know that I'm having a little bit of fun here. Mm-hmm. Because Lutz Ebersdorf is actually a stage name for Tilda Swinton. Ah, uh, yes. Who played a man in... Uh, or played an actor playing a man, perhaps, uh-huh. you could say, uh, in the film Suspiria. Right. And uh, she she also uh, played uh, a woman, and you could recognize her as Tilda Swinton. Uh, but uh, she played this uh, old German man, and uh, she was credited as Lutz Ebersdorf. <laughs> and honestly, the best moment that I had in a movie theater in 2018 was seeing Suspiria 
watching that part of the old German man and thinking, what is off about this guy? Uh. Is he a younger guy playing an older guy? And think, then thinking, is this a woman? Mm-hmm. And then while the credits were still rolling and I was still sitting in my seat, Googling the name Lutz Ebersdorf because I saw it up on the big screen. And the Google result is the same as if you Googled the name Tilda Swinton. Nice. <laughs> and I thought that was just the best. Yeah. <laughs> so I got I got to I got to give it a William Award. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so uh, let's move on to lead actress. Uh, I predicted that the uh, nominees would be Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Viola Davis for Widows, which is another one that I think is an obligatory question. Uh, it mm-hmm. was Viola Davis in a movie. Yes, she was. Kiki Lane for If Beale Street Could Talk, Saoirse Ronan for Mary Queen of Scots, and Emily Blunt for Mary Poppins Returns. Right. Uh, well, uh, only one of those is correct. Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman for the favorite is nominated. The other four nominees are Yalitza Aparicio for Roma, Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me, Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born, uh-huh. which obviously I knew was a possibility, but didn't think it would happen. Yeah. And Glenn Close for The Wife, uh, which I could have seen coming if I had uh, put more trust in the Golden Globes. But uh, I just wish that the Golden Globes didn't exist. <laughs> or, or, or if they had to exist, I wish that they would happen after the Oscars. Because honestly, it just ruins some of my fun. Yeah, It just yeah. feels like a lot of my work is done for me. Mm-hmm. And so I prefer to think, okay, Golden Globes, they, they do things differently. They've got different categories for comedies and dramas. They've got different opinions. They nominated John C. Riley for, for Stan and Ollie. There's some curveballs. I'm just going to mostly put that out of my mind and, and not compare my predictions to what the Golden Globe nominees are. And of course, uh, well, now I've paid the price. Mm-hmm. Um, my my prediction, not surprisingly, is uh, Olivia Coleman. Uh, you could have guessed that because it's it's the only one that I predicted right. uh, correctly, and so I think she'll win. I think she deserves it. She's amazing in the favorite. I think there there are three amazing performances in the favorite, and they're all nominated. And I think one of them's got to win. Yeah, but I'm sticking to. But not all three of them can. <laughs> exactly, uh, definitely, they, two of them could win, but I am saying. That neither Emma Stone nor Rachel Weiss will win. Maybe that's naive of me, but I'm giving my prediction to Regina King. So mm-hmm. therefore, the only chance for one of those performances left to win is Olivia Coleman. So I right. gotta gotta make that my prediction for the winner. Um so obviously this is the category that I've done worst in so far. One uh-huh. out of five. Uh-huh. St- st- still no shutouts. Uh Uh, But we've got three categories left to go. The William Award for Best Lead Actress goes to Elsie Fisher in Eighth Grade. Oh, right. I think that her performance, which is so charming, endearing, and authentic-seeming, just really uh, elevates that movie. And uh, I think that uh, 
I, I credit her with a lot of the love that that movie got. Great. Lead actor. I predicted that the nominees would be Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Ryan Gosling for First Man, mm-hmm. John David Washington for Black Klansman, and Lucas Hedges for Boy Erased. Uh, once again, wrong. I was also wrong about John David Washington and Ryan Friggin Gosling. Mm-hmm. So sorry, one Gosling. Sorry, our Gosling, our Ryan Gosling. I was only right about Christian Bale and Bradley Cooper, so I got two out of five in this category. The other yeah. three, it turns out, are Viggo Mortensen for Green Book, Rami, oh. yeah, Aragorn himself. Aragorn. He's like very unrecognizable. Like I can't. He's I everything I've ever seen Viggo Mortensen after. Lord of the Rings, I can't recognize him. And I think part of that is because I think in Lord of the Rings, he looks significantly younger than he actually was in that movie. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And then in every movie, I think it was a horse movie that came out after that. that he was in. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I can't remember the name of it, but yes, I know what you're talking about. He's just like in a fucking desert with a bunch of yes, horses. I remember. And uh, he looks old. I just remember seeing that movie mm-hmm. and thinking, no, you were hot and now yeah. you're old. And then mm-hmm. looking it up and being like, no, you were always old. Again, yeah. this is coming from me as like a 13-year-old. So like, you right. know, clearly thinking a 45-year-old man is attractive is like a bit mm-hmm. problematic. Yeah. <coughs> okay, so I said Vigo Mortensen for Green Book. I was about to say Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. Hmm. And Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, which, if you haven't heard of it, is a film in which he plays Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, my God. That so, would make me cry. Yeah. So um, good old dependable Willem Dafoe. I correctly predicted last year that he would be nominated for supporting actor in The Florida Project. That was the only one I got right in this uh, in that category that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like such a fool for leaving him out this year. I was aware of this movie. I haven't seen it, but I was aware of this performance. And I just, I was confident in these five. And I thought there's just not room for them. And then I was wrong about three of them. (laughs) (laughs) So my prediction is that Christian Bale will win for playing Dick Cheney. I'm sorry. How how did Viggo Mortensen get lead actor for a book about, for a movie about a book that helped black people find where they could like eat and stay when they were traveling. This is an interesting question. And it, it, it begs the question, how do you distinguish a lead actor uh, from a supporting actor? And I think the answer is um, the studio decides um, because the studio's uh, who, oh, the who re- studio re- decides how to classify it. Cause wasn't this a problem with Viola Davis in the help. fences. Oh, fences. Oh, sorry. Um, I, I, uh, I, I guess it was. I, I don't exactly recall I th- that. I, I can't. I can't remember exactly. I know it was fences. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was the old Davis in fe- fences? I haven't seen it. I don't remember. Okay. So the the lead actress who's in fences, who I'm so sorry if it is not Viola Davis, um, was put up for best supporting actress. Yeah. And. The question was, but she's essentially isn't the she same a co-lead as with yes, Denzel isn't Washington. she a co-lead with Denzel Washington? Right. And basically, I do remember somebody saying like, well, basically, they thought that she'd do better if they submitted her 
uh-huh. as being in supporting actress. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know what that's about. Um, I, I think that, uh, in a, in a case like that, where, where the co-leads are a man and a woman, uh-huh. I don't know what the explanation is. In a case like Green Book, where the two leads are both men, I can understand why the studio wouldn't want to put them both up for lead actor because you don't want them competing with one another and like yeah. splitting the vote. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, well, one of them has to be the supporting actor. And, and if you see Green Book, it, it, it really like starts with Viggo Mortensen and then Mahershala Ali is like introduced into his life. So you can see from a story perspective why you might think that he's the lead. But also it's it's uh, doesn't make total sense. Yeah, um, I um yeah. will. I'll add this to your show notes. Um, I have not seen Green Book, but 99% Invisible has a wonderful episode on this Green Book as a concept um, and actual, what it was and how it worked. Yeah. The titular Green Book. The titular Green Book. Right. Um, well, thank you. Uh, as I was about, to, or or as I just barely said, um, I predict that the winner will be Christian Bale. Great. For playing, playing Dick Cheney and Vice. Um, because, you know. Everybody is amazed with uh, how he transforms himself or roles. Did I tell you I didn't know he was British until like three or four years ago? Yeah, you might have mentioned. I I definitely posted a lot about it on Twitter because I was real mad. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, because I had seen him in like, um, you know, Batman and then uh, uh, American, uh, American. Psycho. Kenny, Psycho. Kenny's one of Kenny's favorite movies and other things. Um, and then, yeah, and then I learned, and then I was like, oh, he's not even British, he's trash British, which is, I'm sure, incredibly offensive. But he didn't have, like, what I mean is, he did not have the beautiful, quote-unquote, proper London mm-hmm. accent. Yeah. Um, what a, what a devastation. I thought he was just an American. Yeah, and then I, I bet a lot of people learned what he actually sounded like from, uh, that video of him yelling. Yes, that yes. uh, that that are 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 uh, uh, I'll say friends, but you know what I mean. The game grumps. Uh, I know lo- exactly the quote. episode you're talking about, or mm-hmm. I guess they talk, they talk about it all the time. Yeah, uh, I know there is an episode specifically where um, Aaron mm-hmm. uh, says that he Danny's like, was it really that bad? And Aaron right. says, yeah, I've talked to sound people. I like I've talked to people who work on movies and said like. He was justified. Was he justified? And they're like, yeah, those whatever Mm -hmm. people were doing, like they Mm -hmm. should not have been doing that. I think I thought it was a lighting thing, but a lighting thing, a sound thing, whatever. A technician. Yeah. Um, So that's Christian Bale. And uh, the William Award for Best Lead Actor goes to Ethan Hawke for the aforementioned Uh, First Reformed. Mm hmm. Um, also, uh, just side note before I get into the last two categories, I, I forgot to mention when I was doing disclaimers that if you are curious about which of these movies I have seen, um, I am on Letterboxd, which is the uh, movie reviewing uh, website, which is kind of like social media. Uh, it's like Goodreads for movies. Uh, and uh, I have a list where I have ranked all of the 2018 movies that I've seen. Now, by the time this comes out, I might have seen a few more. I'm constantly updating it. But um, check that out. 
Uh, I got on Letterboxd um, about six to eight months ago, um, and it was you know just an additional way to track the movies that I'm seeing and share my opinions about them. It's like an extension of this nomination prediction process. Mm-hmm. I thought this is really fun. It's honest. It's most of the writing that I've been doing <laughs> since <laughs> last summer. It's 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 not much, but it's it's a little fun form of writing. And then shortly after I joined the website Letterboxd, I saw someone on Twitter. I forget what the context was. I forget what the tweet was. But it, the tweet, in a very dismissive, pejorative way, contained the phrase Letterboxd bros. No. And you were and like, I, that's me. And I saw that and I thought, of course. How could I ever like something and partake in something and align myself with something without it, unbeknownst to me, having some kind of publicly known undercurrent of toxic masculinity. Of course, yeah. Once again, oh, yeah, add it to my list of problematic faves. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, God. So I, I stayed on Letterboxd anyway. And all of this just makes you want to not be a feminist anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, oof, it's it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> hard for you specifically. You're the oh, one that's yeah. really suffering. Uh, exactly. I, I, it, it is. It, it is a man's burden <coughs> to bear. Uh, <laughs> uh, joke over. End, <laughs> end of joke. Um, okay, we got two more categories. Next is best director. Oh, this baby. is where I, this is where I really lost heart. Oh God. This is where when I was scrolling down the morning that the Oscar nominees were uh, announced, I was like, Oh, wow, wow, was I wrong? Um, but, uh, still no shutouts. Nice. Uh, I got once again, one, right. So this is mm. tied, tied for the category that I did the worst in. Um, uh, I'm now, I'll, I'm now, I feel like you texted me the morning that this information came out mm-hmm. and I feel like you were texting me in some, some bit of solidarity in the sense that we knew we were recording this episode and I feel like now your texts are making m- so much more sense to me. Yeah. they they sounded so defeated, and I I just didn't I wasn't picking up on it at the time. But oh, yeah. it makes sense now. Yep. When I said like, yeah, get ready for an episode of Humble Buds. This is yep. why I predicted that the five nominees for Best Director were going to be Alfonso Cuarón for Roma. Oh. Barry, what? I said Did, oh. Oh, do you take issue with that one? No, I just uh, I know that that one was one, and you said you only got one. That's the one I got right. So there we go, <laughs> done. Check mark. Listen to what's left. <coughs> this is this is not all my fault. <laughs> it's whack. Barry Jenkins for If Beale Street Could Talk. Okay. Damien Chazelle for First Man. Uh-huh. Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born. And Josie Rourke for Mary, Queen of Scots. Oh. Okay. So two years ago, right? I told the I told the story of the whole Moonlight La La Land debacle and how that motivated me to embark on this exercise. Yeah. Moonlight was directed by Barry Jenkins. Okay. And La La Land was directed by Damien Chazal. Mm-hmm. That year, Damien Chazal won Best Director but Moonlight won Best Picture. In 2018, Barry Jenkins directed a movie called If Beale Street Could Talk. 
based on the novel by James Baldwin. Also in 2018, Damien Chazal directed a movie called First Man. It's about Neil Armstrong. Ryan Gosling plays Neil Armstrong going to the moon. <laughs> Obviously, the narrative that I put onto this upcoming Oscars was it's the mother fr- it again. It's the mother friggin' rematch <laughs> between Barry Jenkins and Damien Chazal. Of course. And neither of them is nominated for best director. Yeah. The actual nominees are Alfonso Cuaron, obviously who's going to win. That's my prediction for yeah. the winner, Alfonso Cuaron. Because he's the only one you, you agreed with them on, so clearly he's the winner. Well, well, again, my predictions are not personal preferences. Obviously, I would not, if it were up to me, I would not nominate Bradley Cooper. Right. But that was one of my wrong predictions. The, the other yes. nominees actually are Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Yep. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite. That one I actually would, that one I agree with. I thought that he was too weird. He, <laughs> he directed The Lobster. He directed The Killing oh. of a Sacred Deer. I thought this guy's mm-hmm. too weird for the Academy. They nominated him. They also nominated Adam McKay for Vice. And finally, Pavel Pavlikowski for Cold War. What's that? That hasn't come up at all. Exactly. That is a <laughs> film which is nominated in the foreign language category. Oh, God. It is not nominated for Best Picture. One of the nominees for Best Director directed a film that is not nominated for Best Picture. He did a good job of organizing it, but the the acting itself was terrible. I haven't seen Cold War. I don't know what I'm talking about. Clearly, I I hadn't even heard of it before you said it just now. Boy, oh boy. I mean, I looked it up. It has happened before, but... Not often. I mean, for everyone that was out of left field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already said Alfonso Cuaron is going to win. Um, you might wonder... Okay, so uh, I already said I liked the favorite. I already said that I would nominate Yorgos Lanthimos. So you might be thinking, oh, the William Award might be going to Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, but you'd be wrong. And, and, I, and I, I thought that instead of Yorgos Lanthimos, Panos Cosmatos. I was going to give the, the William Award to Panos Cosmatos, not Yorgos Lanthimos, because Panos Cosmatos directed a movie called Mandy. That's a real name? Panos Cosmatos. That is, I mean, but next to Yorgos Lanthimos... Uh-huh. There are two real people that exist in a, the same field. And they and one directed The Favorite and one directed Mandy. And I was all set to give the William Award to Panos Cosmatos for Mandy, but rules are rules. Uh-huh. And Mandy was not eligible for the Oscars. Oh, wow. Why not? I, what'd she I, do? It, huh? She, what'd she oh, do? Was what, she, did, uh, what did Mandy do? Yeah. Was she craving for you? Was she missing you like candy? That's a Mandy Moore joke, people. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're the first to make it. Congratulations. First and the last. <laughs> you heard it here. Uh, uh, apparently, it's it's up for some debate. It's a point of contention. But uh, I guess Mandy didn't have a qualifying run, uh, oh. meaning meaning that it 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 the the Academy claims that it it came out on video on demand. Um, before it it it, scre- it it didn't screen enough times in Los Angeles to qualify. Anyway, wow. Sorry, Panos Cosmatos. Sorry, Nicolas Cage, star of Mandy. 
uh, you're out. Uh, and who's in the, the William award actually goes to Lynn Ramsey who directed, uh, you were never really here, mm. uh, starring, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, that is, uh, unlike first reformed, another film, uh, that you can watch on Amazon prime. Okay. Okay. We're running out of time. The last category is best picture. Here we go, baby. I decided once again, I would list nine movies. Mm-hmm. This year, my meta prediction was wrong. Oh, no, no there, extra credit. There are only eight nominees for Ooh. Best Picture. The nine that I listed were Roma, If Beale Street Could Talk, First Man, Boy Erased, Green Book, Vice, The Favorite, and Mary Queen of Scots. Okay. Well, I was wrong about Mary Queen of Scots. Obviously, I was wrong about Boy Erased. We've been through this. And what the ever-loving... what? uh, I was wrong about both First Man and if Beale Street could talk. Yeah, Beale Street helped you out early, but not holding on in the end. It's only nominated... I mean, I say only. I'm not thinking of all the categories that we're not talking about. But among the categories that we're talking about, it's only nominated for adapted screenplay, which I have to believe it's going to win because it's nuts to me that it's not nominated for Best Picture and Best Director. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Regina King, as I as I said before, is, is nominated. And I got to go with her for my prediction because, man, this movie, I think, did not get what it deserved. Um the, the three nominees that I didn't guess were Black Klansman, mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody, uh-huh. and Black Panther. Black Panther was really important, Will. Because ain't no outstanding popular film category. Right. Black Panther was the film that people speculated, well, this is the reason that they're establishing in this particular year, the outstanding popular film category. And um, I mean, Black Panther is nominated for best picture and none of the performances are nominated. Not even, not even Michael B. Jordan, who was great Uh as the villain. Yeah. The screenplay is not nominated for adapted screenplay. Yeah. The director is not nominated for best director. His name is Ryan um, Kugler, I think. So what you're saying is, Black Panther for Best Picture. What, what I'm saying is, like, obvious ratings grab, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they just want people who, you know, we, they want the huge audience who saw Black Panther to tune in to see if it will win Best Picture. Which it won't. Um, my prediction, and, and this might be a little bit of a controversial pr- prediction, but I just don't see what else it could be i i look at the competition and i just think how could it be anything but roma Mm -hmm. and i say that might be controversial because i believe if it wins it will be the first ever foreign language film to win best picture oh so that doesn't seem likely but what about the favorite man i mean yeah of these eight movies that's the one that i would pick but and and yeah, I'm I'm really I'm open to that possibility, but so you won't be devastated if the favorite wins. Oh, I'd be very pleased if the favorite wins, except for the yeah. fact that it's not my prediction. So it, it's but but <laughs> outside of the predicting process, I would be pleased if the favorite wins. I just yes, I just think that it's 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 you haven't seen it, obviously. No, but I desperately want to. 
Okay, and and I, I I think I won't be giving too much away if I if I say it's it's queer as hell. Yeah, I've picked up on that. Yeah, that's why so, I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, so I I just I I don't think that I think that it might get like a lot of ones and eights, you know, mm. not not all the twos and threes that it needs. But and and is it a love letter to cinema? No, I don't think so. Roma is a love letter to cinema. It is shot in gorgeous black and white. Oh. Now, obviously, another reason it might not win is you can watch it on Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, And you could do that from the time that it came out. I had the opportunity to see it at the aforementioned Art House Cinema, uh, which is obviously the way to see it. And obviously, I stayed home because I could. And I watched it on my television. Um, I also did not watch Roma on my sick day, even though you had texted me. So when when Will was texting me, our Goslings, yeah. our little loves, about um, the the uh, noms, the nom noms, mm-hmm. um, I said, if there's anything that I can watch from the comfort of my home mm-hmm. without a babysitter, please tell me. And he he said Roma, and I uh, uh, almost I looked at it and I thought, I this looks like if I fall asleep. I will miss what is happening. It's not a plot-heavy movie. <clears throat> yeah, but you said it's a foreign language thing, right? Yeah. Reading, Will. Reading. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think it can be enjoyed as a visual spectacle. Which is not to say that I wouldn't ha- that I won't enjoy it if I watch it, but sick day material, not not good. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the uh, William Award for Best Picture for 2018 goes to, uh, speaking of problematic faves, uh, Isle of Dogs by oh, Wes Anderson. Wes. Yeah, yeah, I'm a man with problematic faves, and Wes Anderson is just very, very high on my list of favorite directors. I love mm-hmm. Wes Anderson films. When there's a new Wes Anderson film, there's nothing that can compete with it in my mind except for maybe a new Edgar Wright film, but um, that was the year before. So I Love Dogs, congratulations on winning the William Award for Best Picture. Um, okay, a uh, couple of things as I wrap this up. Uh, I thought I would say the biggest snub and the biggest flub of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest snub, not surprisingly, I think is uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. Right. And the biggest flub, I think, is uh, nominating Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, for Best Picture? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that is a movie uh, that uh, the director was fired from uh, before the production was complete. <laughs> and that director was Brian Singer, who uh, hopefully, I hope that you already know by now, because I hope it's common knowledge, uh, has multiple accusers uh, saying that he has engaged in pedophilia. Yikes. Yep. So good luck rewatching all of his X-Men movies. <laughs> and no. I mean, no to not no to the, oh, no, X-Men is ruined. Let me be clear. Right. Oh, no to, oh, no, what the fuck, dude, come on. Don't uh-huh. do that. Yep. Why? Yep. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Okay. Uh, I thought that I would also issue just a few uh, additional predictions. Um, Roma for foreign language film. Uh, yep. it, it wouldn't make any sense if anything else won in that category because Roma 
is the only one of those films also nominated for best picture so if it mm-hmm. doesn't win in that ca- in the foreign language category what does anything mean no. um and honestly i mean that's what i've thought through this entire process so who knows um, for uh, animated feature film, I got to predict it's Isle of Dogs because, you know, that's my problematic fave. And sometimes yep. when I'm predicting winners, I just go with my favorite, not because I necessarily think that it's the best bet, but because it's my favorite. And therefore, if I don't pick it and then it wins, <coughs> boy, would I be kicking myself, right? Yeah, so for not bad. picking my favorite. So um, I would be equally happy if... Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse wins for mm. Best Animated Feature Film. I think it would deserve it, but I'm going with my favorite, Isle of Dogs. And uh, one final prediction, um, Border is nominated, uh, Border, which I mentioned, uh, it won the William right. Award for Adapted Screenplay. It's nominated for Makeup and Hairstyling. And it's one of only three films uh, nominated in that category, and it will probably lose to Vice. Yep. Uh, but uh, I uh, have to choose it because I saw it and I love it. And sometimes you got to pick your faves. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're, we're over time or what I consider to be over time. But I also consider this a very special episode of the Smug Buds. So yeah. um, with the, the remaining time, uh, just, just a look ahead at uh, 2019. Um, I thought that I could safely characterize this year's Oscars as a rematch between Damien Chazal and Barry Jenkins. I was dead wrong. Right. Um, but speaking of rematches, um, last year's Oscars pitted uh, Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird against Jordan Peele's uh, Get Out. Right. Uh, in 2019, uh, Jordan Peele has a, a, another horror movie coming out called mm-hmm. Us. I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. Uh, I've seen the trailer. I think it looks very scary. I think it might be too scary for the Academy. But it's too soon to tell. And also Greta Gerwig um, is uh, directing an adaptation of Little Women. And oh, so, uh, weird. Uh, yeah. So if that's any good, which uh, I, I expect that it will be, uh, I loved Lady Bird, um, then uh, I hope that that is going to be a big contender for the next Oscars. Um, also, in 2019, uh, Quentin Tarantino's ninth film uh, will come out called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So that's going to be a big deal. And mm. um, also, I think uh, expected in 2019 is a new film by Martin Scorsese by the Irish uh, called The Irishman, which I think is also going directly to Netflix. But oh. if Martin Scorsese directs a film, obviously, that will be a big deal. Yeah. Um, so those are just some of the things that I think that we might be talking about, uh, this time next year. Uh-huh. Um, I think that, oh, oh, okay. And now, uh, I, I never said, uh, what my score was. So yes, please. If, if you, the listener, if you, the gosling, uh, were, were counting, uh, as I went through this process, then you are way know. more dedicated than, mm-hmm. than I am. There's a chance, you know, I already gave you all the information, so you could already know what I'm about to say, but just to sum it all up for you, um, forgetting my meta prediction, which was wrong. Uh, once again, like the year before I made 44 predictions and out of 44, Exactly 22 of them were correct for Yikes. 50%. Exactly half of my predictions were correct. <laughs> and exactly yeah. half were incorrect. 
So um, I leave you with uh, this question. Uh, was it my fault? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not asking. I'm just, I'm just asking a rhetorical question, just a little send off. I'm not asking you to weigh in on this, Liz, but you can if you want to. I just, is it me? Is it, is it me or, or, or. Did, uh, in terms of like why you did so poorly? Yeah. Who could have, who could have predicted this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this also just goes to show that, um, like there's just so many factors going into this and the the way that that people pick them is is an imperfect system mm-hmm. and um oh yeah and that you know you you can you know also like numbers like it's you know it, it's taking this thing I, t- I talk about this a lot at work where um i sort of look at things qualifiably uh-huh. And then we have a group of psychometricians that looks at things quantifiably, but okay. they look at things, the psycho and psychometrician and psychology. So they're looking yeah. at how can we turn this um, qualifiable information into quantifiable information? Mm-hmm. And we sort of, you know, shift back and forth the work that we're doing to to find, uh, you know, based on their feedback. And, mm-hmm. and by feedback, I mean like tangible numbers. Right. Um, which is to say that uh, there's a lot of math around that. And mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different things, and even then, it's not a perfect situation. And so, I think that the same thing is happening here. Yeah. Um, does that mean that people are going to be snubbed that truly deserve mm-hmm. things? Yeah, because if there's racists in the system, for example, oh yeah, and there's sexists in the system, yep, their votes are going to reflect their racism and their mm-hmm. sexism. Yep, and and every other um, terrible. Uh, feeling they could have towards a marginalized population. So, yep. And thank you for injecting that into the conversation <laughs> because uh I meant to imply that in what a, some of what I said about the Oscars, but mm-hmm. it deserves to be explicitly stated. There is a reason why Oscars so white was a trending hashtag starting a few years ago. Absolutely. Uh it's not just yeah, out of uh, thin air. Um, well, any questions about any of the movies that you just heard me talk about that you have not seen and maybe have no clue ever existed? I do have – I well, no, I knew. I try to keep up a little bit. I knew about mm-hmm. a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I do have one question. Yeah. Out of, out of everybody who is nominated, yeah. just pick one. Okay. If What will make you the most mad? Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody winning Best Picture would make me the most mad. Okay. I will say then what will make you the second most mad after Bohemian Rhapsody since we already sort of talked about that. Um, I guess. Uh, and I don't mean in, I mean like purely emotionally. The William Award for who will make you most mad. Right. Not because it would ruin my predictions but because of my personal preferences. Yes. Um, and also and also not because like oh but he, you know Bohemian Rhapsody had a had a also a complicated background mm-hmm, going right. on. Yeah. No, that yeah, it's uh, I understand the question. Um I think if Adam McKay won best director, that okay, would probably fair. make me very upset. Cuz uh yeah, I just uh think that he is very show-offy. Feels overwrought. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh I am rooting against that possibility. Yeah. Well, I mean that's my only question. And it's a good question, and thank you for asking it. And thank you for indulging me in these about 100 minutes of uh, previewing the Oscars. And uh, 
Sure, I'm a little bit discouraged, but I'm not so discouraged that I'm going to stop doing this. This is still fun for me. I still love me some movies. You know what the the good news is here? Yes. You still know more about all this shit than your friends. Yeah. So you're still going to win that award. Yeah. if, if, uh, If I'm not totally out of touch with the Academy, like I feel like I am at this point, then yeah, the chances are that hopefully I am going to hold on to that statuette that was probably purchased at a dollar store that says yep. movie buff yep all right thanks liz thanks goslings You're welcome, Will. enjoy and, uh, hollywood's biggest night watch in and and think of us as i know you do every night yeah think of me in the role of host which uh at this point as of this recording we have no idea who it will be or if it will be anyone at all oh yeah it might be a hostless Oscars. Wow, amorphous. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, see you next time. For see you e- next time for episode seven of the Smug Buds. Bye, Will. Love you. Bye, Liz. Love you too. Will is on Twitter and Letterboxed at youngest of one, and his website is williamhoffacker.com. You can find Liz at exclamate on Instagram at exclamate underscore on Twitter or on her website, elizabethdeannamorrislakes.com. Our website is smugbuds.com, and the podcast is at smugbuds on Twitter and Instagram.